Good morning, good morning, it's great to stay up late. Good morning, good morning to you and 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 you. Good morning everyone, welcome to Coffee Moaning. It's Friday, it's Friday. How are we all? And we thought we'd, well, Matt said, why don't you do it from here again? The light's nice, the background's different. There's a piano. We thought we'd leave cupboard doors open for because it seems to unsettle some people. It's not intentional, I assure you. It's ADHD house. But of course, it's Friday, which means... Just like... Friday. That seemed to emerge from my, from my socks. Um, how are we all, guys? How are you? It's, it's shaping up to be a hot mother of a weekend. Um, let me just clear my lenses. How are we all guys? Um, yes, Friday. I've got a buzzy bee. I've got a buzzy fly. Someone yesterday was saying, don't kill the flies. They're lovely. Flies wouldn't be so annoying if they didn't make a noise. So my advice to flies is stop buzzing. and People won't want to zap you. I mean, it's a simple solution. Now, happy birthday, uncouth Amy. Happy birthday to you. Um, for those of you listening, um, Uncouth Amy and other people that I'm talking to are on our live chat on YouTube, but I'm sure pretty much most of you who are listening know that already. Glastonbury's kicked off. Glaster's fabulosity. Um, and of course, uh, what comes with Glastonbury is the inordinate price of chips at Glastonbury and the ways in which people are trying to get in. Um, so there's all of that. We've also got the bizarre story, I don't know if anyone else has seen this, of Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, he of Twitter and he of Facebook, potentially sparring off and squaring up in a cage fight. That could just about round off another bizarre year. How are you doing from a mental health perspective, Mark? It's never a fixed place, is it, Gabrielle? Good question, but never a fixed place. Uh, forever up, forever down, changing from minute to minute. It's like being, it's like, well, I was going to use the analogy of being at sea, but that's an, an, un, uh, an un, inappropriate analogy to use, given the news. Um, it's very hot. I'll be indoors, says Alison Stockley. Have you been to Glastonbury? I went to Glastonbury back in 89, was it? 90? I think it was around, I think it was 89 or 90. Let me have a look. Um, uh, 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 let's have a look at, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember, but I'll be able to tell you. Glastonbury 1989, mad for it, mad for it. Um, it was there. There was all sorts of stuff like the Pixies and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the Pixies were on. I think, uh, who else was on? Uh, God, I can't remember. I could have sworn we saw, was it the Happy Mondays? Might that have been the year later? I'm not entirely sure. But yeah, Glastonbury, Reading, Slough, Cream for Ice. I did all those. I was never a serial Glastonbury goer, though. I mean, lots of people kind of go to Glastonbury. It's like their, it's their mainstay of the year, isn't it? It's their sort of, I mean, I must admit, I'm going to share some, wait, should we do that first? Should we share some nice images first? Um, let's have a look at Glastonbury, obviously starts on Wednesday, everyone gets there on Wednesday, everyone gets cracking. Uh, Creatorholic, never been to Glastonbury, but I used to live near the Reading Festival. Now for those of you listening, these pictures are going to be pretty redundant, but I'm now going to just show a series of images 
from from Glastonbury from this year. But uh, yeah, check this out. Look, you got all the revelers arriving, summer solstice style. Look, there's a girl, just a, a woman sort of with her hands on her cheeks, y- yelling and whelping because she's probably the first person past the enormous Walking Dead style kind of doors. And there's a lady really excited dragging her tent on a sort of pulley. Uh, there's two people in Pacamax. I don't think it's going to rain this year. A lot of very happy people. I mean, it's a young person's game. I mean, Elton John doing his last concert at Glastonbury. He keeps doing his last concert, doesn't he? Uh, look, there's more people, lots of people dragging kit around, lots of uh, tents in bags, people texting. There's a baby in a waterproof. Look, two people carrying inflatable lilos on their heads. Someone sitting at a sort of pub-like bench with uh, prosthetic high-heeled legs in front of them, not their own, uh, just, just sort of pointing out skyward. Uh, people dancing to a moon, lots of teepees disappearing into the distance. A couple of uh, friendly bunches of lunatics dressed dressed to thrill there. Um, a lovely sunset behind the Glastonbury sign, reminiscent almost of the Hollywood sign. A fabulous woman there juggling with, with sort of, uh, you know, uh, uh, fireballs of some form. Oh, Wicker Man style face, head, big thing being burnt there, getting a bit midsummer vibes. Uh, crazy lady dancing in what looks like almost a cross between Ascot slash Swan and a woman destitute, it would appear, uh, sort of in a chair or on a chair or sat alongside what looks like the exterior perimeter, which of course is one of the stories. And here, these chaps here, for anyone who's not watching, obviously, and you're listening, they're a bunch of men with sort of spotty, mushroomy hats on, with an incredibly cheerful man at the centre of it. These guys are called the fun, I think they're called the fun men, which, as we know, we don't do fun. Hashtag fuck off Friday. Um, So yeah, I'm sure they are fun. But you know what, if they go on about being fun, I reckon possibly they're not. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you know what I'm saying? Anyone who says I'm really, really crazy me, generally isn't crazy. I'm really, really crazy me. So there you go. I just thought those would be fun. Those are some so burning man. That's the one. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, Vicky, morning, everyone. I can't say it to you individually, but I'm ironing. Chin chin. Good on you. So yes, yeah, so Glastonbury kicks off today. Now, one of the big, big pieces of news around Glastonbury this year is that um, people are going to ludicrous lengths. People have been getting in beyond, behind the fence, so they're they're getting into the the festival. Uh, Oh, look, Reese Roberts, what sent me into hysterical laughter when I went to Glasgow last year was coming across a hippie circle and a woman was leading the group and chanting incoherently and swaying back and forth. They're the fun guys. That's right. Thank you, Maria. Look, there's that fly. Just don't buzz and I won't go for you, matey flip. Where's the microphone? Can you hear the electric on that? Um, so, yeah, people are breaking in to Glastonbury, but guess how they're doing it? It's like the great escape. So people who've got legitimate tickets are going in. Then they're pitching their tent right against the perimeter fence where a hole and a tunnel has been dug and they're coming in underneath. They're coming in underneath. Gatecrashers digging deep, great escape style uh, tunnels. Uh, so security staff have had to dot watchtowers around the site. Tickets are, I was looking it up just to see what tickets are, £335 
335 pounds for three days. Then I was thinking about that. I was thinking, if you're there from Wednesday till Monday, 335 quid, um, spread over five, 60, 65 pounds, thereabouts, 66 pounds a day with all your live music thrown in. It's a lot in one hit, but if it's your one big expense of the year, not entirely ridiculous in a sense. But what do you think of this? I think this is entirely ridiculous. Glastonbury fans stunned by outrageous £8 fries as vendors double prices for festivals. Now, this is the part of the festival's thing that I think people underestimate, youngsters. More often than not, youngsters have scrabbled together their, their whatever money they've got. They've, they've managed to get the tickets. They've managed to get in. Or they've dug a hole, a great escape style because they can't afford a ticket. They get in. And then once you're in, you're captive, aren't you? You're a captive commercial prospect. This is the deep irony of something that's so sort of summer solstice. And then suddenly, hippies and vandals start to fleece you for, for chips of eight quid. I mean... I think that's. I think there should be some kind of control on that once you're in there. I think that's terrible. Because as soon as you're in there, kids are going to either not eat so much, and then when they drink, they're going to get drunker. The alcohol's so expensive, it's then no wonder why kids bring in £6 for a single, £12 for a double vodka. Why wouldn't a youngster seek, if they're going to drink, let's not talk about whether they should or shouldn't, but if they're going to drink, why would a youngster spend 12 quid on a double vodka if you can get a bottle of it for, I don't know, eight quid from Asda in Reading, en route, or Bath, en route to the festival. And this is the part of it that, unfortunately, you get to a jaded old cynical age like mine. I can't see past the bastard who's got the kind of free love glasses on. He's got hippie sandals. He's got hemp tied round his toenails. And he's got a little kind of bell that just hangs off his tiny toe. So that when he looks at you and winks, he wiggles it and he goes, ding, and it makes you feel like he's a little bit of a fairy. But actually, he's charging you 13 quid for some raw spuds. That bit really does my name. That's not to say there aren't genuine hippies selling genuine shit. But isn't a hippie selling anything a bit of a contradiction? Don't know, just, just, you know, just put it out there. Oh, I don't know. So, you know, so these youngsters, you know, we know loads of kids are going off to Reading this year. They, they all go. And then all these, all these, all these people with their food, not all of them, not all of them, but many of them with these food trucks, they just charge a fortune. And then kids don't buy. Kids drink too much. Kids get chucked out for smuggling stuff in. And everyone goes, aren't they naughty? But they don't say anyone else is naughty. That's Zen. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Erin, I sneak food and drink at festivals and cinemas and everything. No reason to disallow people bringing their own food. Pure capitalist greed. Entirely agree. Uh, Pam PMS, all festivals now very commercial. Having to buy tickets before you even know lineup would annoy me. Yeah, it's a gamble, isn't it? It's a gamble. Uh, outdoor concerts in the 90s were all rock and grunge. I mean, I re yeah, you want to get back to the days when what you, all you ate was soil. You'd have a bit of a mud fight with some lunatic in a, I don't know, a sort of leopard skin pair of shorts with a sort of moose's hat on uh, with sort of Viking insignia on their chest. You'd roll around in the mud. They'd push your face in the mud. You'd chew on some grass. And that was lunch. Nice. Lee Durrant, I've never been to a festival at all. I won't ever go. Too much anxiety. It is quite stressy. I mean, it was busy when I went. But it's like, isn't it like, is it a quarter of a million? Is it 300,000 who go there now? 
I think in my day it felt big and it was 50,000. Uh, they have to be more commercial now, says me too, because of the way the music industry has changed and MP3s and streaming. I'm sure there's, there's, I'm sure there's a reason. It just strikes me as it's a shame. It's less that it happens. It's more that kids are sort of, uh, in a sense, penalised if they try and circumnavigate it. And all we then say is kids are naughty and kids are bad. And kids, are, you know. Uh, Sarah Witherington, I was reading the lineup, uh, and most of the bands I've never heard of. Heard of? Well, shall we have a look at the lineup this year and let's see what old fogies we are? Let's see. If we know, I mean, obviously we know Elton John. Is there, is the rumour mill true that he's bringing Britney Spears onto stage? You see, even for me, this is a bit of a weird one. The lineup at Glastonbury is a bit mainstream for me. Maybe that's why kind of the cool kids don't necessarily go there. Cat Stevens. Elton John, I mean, I love Elton John, but I don't know. Lana Del Rey. Yeah, I've seen her live. She's very static. She doesn't move much on stage. Blondie, God, you'd be forgiven for thinking we were in the 80s. The, the Churn-Ups, Arctic Monkeys, Guns N' Roses, Lewis Capaldi, I don't get it, Rick Astley. Okay, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, nothing there that I want to see yet. Faith, oh, Faithless, that's sad, because of course, what's-his-face has died. Alison Goldfrapp, oh, look at this, the Fisherman's Friends are playing. I Means you can get on stage and sing a sea shanty. That might be quite nice, you see, with the sunset. That, 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 I, you know, I like a folk festival. Not that it is a folk. Well, it is a folk festival, of course it is. Let's go right down. Let's see if I can. Chemical Brothers, always good. Left field. That's that's my sort of thing. Sort of dancey techno kind of stuff. Alt J. Yeah. And then as we get much further down, Hot Chip. Bloody hell. Skept. Okay. All right. We're dribbling off now into. I don't get the hype around Rick Astley. <laughs> Apparently, he's a lovely man. There's so many lovely people. It's just the world's just love, lots of lovely. Uh, the churn-ups are actually the Foo Fighters, Kim Lakidis. There we go. That's a bit of bad PR, isn't it? I'd go, oh, yeah, Foo Fighters. Um, uh, Aaron Bullimore, yeah, Mark, I've only gone to a couple of festivals because some people, my friends, like, were there, but they've never been before. Jennifer Winter lineups either get criticised for being too mainstream or having artists no one's heard of. It's all relative. You're absolutely right, Jennifer Winter. It's all relative, isn't it? I mean, one person's, I mean, I always said to the girls that whenever I used to go to festivals, the most interesting, what was always interesting was after the event, many of the support bands that you saw that no one was kind of around the stages for ended up becoming the bigger bands. I remember seeing Coldplay very, I remember running around at some festival and we were all absolutely off our tits on God knows what. But and it must have been something quite strong because I was running around in a state of nigh on panic because I thought we'd missed the beginning of Atomic Kitten set. That, and, and I didn't like Atomic Kitten. So that tells you something. Who else did we see there? That was Coldplay and Faithless. That was 2000, 2001. Was there something called V2001? Was it something like that? I'm sure it was a Virgin Media type thing. Florence the Machine, she's good. So there you go. So, you know, Glasters, Glasters, Glasters. I think um, Jane Garvey, uh, presenter, radio presenter, said, you know, just watch the BBC. It removes all the shit and nastiness because you can't, it's very hard to get close. It's very hard to get close to the stage. And so all you hear is a sort of, you know, a sort of, a sort of inaudible hum. Um, I'm, I'm too old for it. I look at it and I think, oh, you're chasing rainbows, literally chasing rainbows. If you're going just to hang out with friends, well, then why spend that much money? Just go to a campsite. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, that's me being a miserable old bastard. 
Seriously, but eight pound for fries, guys. Eight pound. What else have they got here? Sizzling beef burritos. Oh, hang on. Uh, attendees can fuel up on a spicy chicken burrito or a sizzling beef burrito for £9.50. Uh, Great Expectations offers freshly sliced watermelon for £2. A slice of water, a slice, alongside halloumi fries for £7. Um, there's a sushi stall here that instead of charging £6.50 for a rice roll, are charging £11 because it's Glasters. Get those, get those. It's best evil, isn't it? Get those kids past that entrance gate. And then let's charge them a fortune because they're going to starve. And then we wonder why they all go batshit crazy running around on God knows what. That was bitter and twisted. Oh, wow, MT, burritos cost also £9 in Twickenham. Oh, there you go. See, to be honest with you, you hear some of those prices and you think, ah, it's a bit less than central London. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's Glastonbury. Uh, people literally digging tunnels to get in. I don't. I, I think that's a little bit, as the kids would say, extra. Um, right, let's let's turn our attention to the tragic news. Look, the front of all the papers today, these, these are the fronts of the papers. The, the Times has photographs of the five uh, members of the crew on the Titanic submarine that tragically uh, they now believe imploded. Um, a catastrophic implosion, uh, which means it will have effectively just gone, you know, like crush a can and, and it will have, you know, the only the only saving grace or kind of, you know, modicum of sort of, you know, I don't know, sort of, you know, relief that you can find for the families of those who've died is that it will have been literally instantaneous. I mean, they say it would have been instantaneous, the moment of death would have been instantaneous, but I guess it's how long they knew potentially they were in trouble. Um, James Cameron, uh, well, let me show you, let me show you the uh, other uh, headlines. Daily Mail, Titanic claims five more lives. Um, uh, front of the Metro, Titan, five dies in it, it died, five died in its implosion. Uh, Titanic claims lives of five more victims, says the Daily Express. Uh, lost to the deep, says uh, the Mirror. Uh, as Titan Debris find, found they had no chance. Um, yeah. And I didn't realise, but contact went so quickly. So it could have happened really, really quickly. They could have they could have been. Now, the um, Navy, the US Navy, believe they have recorded or heard the moment that the Titanic sub imploded, uh, which happened, they say, only hours after it started its dive. So around the time that it lost contact and communication, which, to be fair, the director, James Cameron, also said when he heard that they're, you know, it kind of all communication comms and everything and controllability had gone, he felt that it must have happened quite early on. So it's not as if they'd been down there for days, as I think many of us are, were imagining, uh, you know, struggling for breath. Um, yeah, the sound was picked up. Uh, the anomaly, An anomaly consistent with an, ex, an implosion or explosion was heard by a secret, secret military acoust, acoustic detection system. Uh, the U.S. Navy aren't willing to reveal the kit they use because it's what they use for espionage and in sort of monitoring uh, enemy kind of craft. Uh, but the sound was picked up just hours after the submersible began its dive. Um, so in many regards, you could argue that it has not been a search and rescue 
almost since then, but that information has only just been revealed. Um, the most tragic detail that is coming out from it at the moment is the relatives of the the sort of uh, the victim or the casualty who went on board with his son, one of them, uh, uh, the businessman Shazada Daywood, uh, took his son um, onto the uh, into the submarine, and the son, the boy, uh, was felt deeply, deeply uncomfortable about going onto the sub. Suleiman was his name. Apparently, he contacted a relative before they went on saying, I'm not up for it. He was terrified. And the reason, tragically, that he went down was because the trip was falling over Father's Day. He wanted and was eager to please his father. Um, And so, you know, I mean, I've seen a lot of mean spirited posts saying you want to spend that amount of money. You know, you get what you you know, you want the Titanic experience. You sort of think. Do you know what? I don't know how anyone can get so how anyone can ever sort of justify or get some kind of enjoyment out of any of this. Yes, it highlights a huge discrepancy between the attention afforded and the effort afforded and our and the, the way in which we think about things like migrants and the many tragedies there. But it doesn't mean you go, oh, therefore, it's fine that this has happened. Not at all. But I think this detail is just a reminder that whilst, you know, for some who can dismiss it all as a bunch of extraordinarily wealthy, you know, one was a scientist, one ran the company. There's a lot of questions to be answered by the company. It sounds like for a lot of people, including James Cameron, there was a lot of criticisms around the kit the experimental nature of the submersible, and all of that needs to be answerable. And apparently, they all of the uh, you know tourists, if you like, uh, had to sa- sign waivers. And in the waivers on the front page, it re- references the possibility of death three times. Now, that won't have been at all kind of comforting for the nineteen-year-old boy. So, you know, let's spare a th- if you can't spare a thought for the billionaire, let's spare a thought. For the for the individual in there or individuals in there, I don't know about the nature of the French guy, um, you know, who went on there and weren't particularly there for all the reasons that I think people like to think they are. It's just I just think it, regardless of the wealth, the expense, it's just how it, I think it says more about you if it just you can't if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing. It's just you don't need just because you can on these things, Twitter and all that. Just don't, you know, so insensitive. So insensitive. Yes, entirely avoidable. Yes, overindulgent. Yes, you know, argue, arguably yet another example of the discrepancy between wealthy and non Yes, all of those things. But at the end of the day, you know, five people have died in a most horrific way. So it's just, you know, and when I saw this story this morning, I just thought, oh, God, how tragic that the boy was terrified about getting on board. And again, did it, that sweet thing that kids do, did it because he he thought it would keep his dad happy or he did it because he wanted to not let down his dad or do it with his dad or something like that. But, you know, it's just a a tragic, tragic story that's really, really occupied this week, really. Um, James Cameron, obviously director of the Titanic, uh, says uh, it's surreal uh, when you think about the similarities between both the Titanic and this submarine's fate given that the guy who ran this company and this submarine sort of, you know, the submersible was repeatedly told that he was sort of dicing with death. You know, like James Cameron says, there was the analogy, you know, he was being told that there, there were problems with what he was doing much in the same way that the captain of the ship was told there's an iceberg for God's sake. 
um, and he still didn't listen. And so inevitably this happened. Um, it's the boy that breaks me so much, says Sadie C, two years older than my daughter and just utterly heartbreaking. Um, Beth Scammell, my friend died in an accident that was picked up in the news. The jokes and trolls were as bad, were as bad as the experience of losing a family. Why? You just, you just, it beggars, beggars belief that you could go online and want to say something nasty about this. I mean, what, 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 I mean, anyone do, and I'm sure there'll be some people here who have said things like that or feel it or say, just ask you, just do, just take yourself into a dark room and have a long, long look at yourself. Because I'm sure your grandmother would be very disappointed in you. Very disappointed in you. Go and play with your nappy somewhere else. That, you know, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. Anyway, anyway, so all of our hearts go out to the family, just as all of our hearts should be going out all the time to people who are struggling to get from A to B uh, in the migrant crisis that's only going to get worse over the years to come. Um, so Elon Musk, and now this could be one of the most bizarre news stories of the year. Here we go. We've got odds on here. What have we got? I think Zuckerberg is favorite to potentially win. Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg could be uh, about to face off in a cage fight. I think Elon Musk uh, posted something saying um, he he was you know he was up for uh, some kind of a cage fight with uh, with um, Mark Zuckerberg, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg in, interestingly he went straight back to him and said, "All right, send me the location." Um, and then the UFC president has now got involved and has told TMZ Sports that he was talking to Elon Musk and Mark last night. Both guys are absolutely dead serious about this. Now, Zuckerberg, I think, is favorite because he's isn't he a jiu-jitsu, isn't he a jiu-jitsu uh, expert? He looks more shapely. He looks more like he would win, and that's possibly why he's favorite. But do you think Musk, I've got a feeling here that Musk looks a bit smug and a bit cocky. Do you think that Elon Musk is going to use some kind of AI tech so that when Zuckerberg comes running towards him, because everyone thinks Zuckerberg himself is AI, Elon Musk is going to press a sort of, a little bit like uh, Mike Myers in Austin Powers, he's going to press a sort of button that's going to create a magnetic sort of field around him. And Zuckerberg's going to sort of glitch at the end, at the edge of the ring, like in a computer game. I think this is going to be, this is, this is fascinating. This is fascinating. I thought this was a joke, says Victoria Moore. Surely this can't happen. Well, if it gains enough traction, I mean, imagine it could be the event. I mean, I'm wondering whether there could be, there's a sort of, there's almost a format here for world leaders too. You know, Biden squares up to Putin or, you know, I don't know, Boris uh, Boris squares up to Trump. Or um, do, you might, do you think they might knock some sense into each other, says Claire Haywood. Two huge egos, says Sarah Witherington. Aren't they both aliens? Dear heart, both very smart. It'd be very odd, isn't it? What, wouldn't it be strange just watching Mark Zuckerberg kick the shit out of Elon Musk's head? I mean, I've never really understood boxing or cage fighting or anything like that, but what a crazy concept. <laughs> Jan, sorry, but these two just don't know what to do next in their lives. Well, you could argue that. So they, this, is, this is Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg squaring up. Oh, look, Evening Standard, Titanic director James Cameron blasts the search for missing Titanic sub as nightmarish charade. Um, 
he said he felt in his bones that it was over from the beginning. So that's just a just a story that's just just come through there. So yeah, this is the story of Elon Musk. He's gonna he's gonna do battle, battle of the tech titans. You can see it, can't you? Uh, I'd I'd have my money. I th- okay, oh, I'd have my money on. I think my money's on Zuckerberg, unless Elon Musk becomes half AI, in which case it's over. Which brings us to quiz of the week. And for those of you who don't do quizzes and don't like quizzes, skedaddle. For those of you who like quizzes, it's quiz of the week time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on then, get your pens, get your pen, get your paper, get your pencils, pens and paper ready. Two Tribes video from Frankie Goes to Hollywood. What's that? Frank goes, Hollywood, two tribes video springs to mind. Yes, absolutely. See what you mean. Right. Are we ready? Let's do this shit. Let's get this show on the... Oh, what have I done with that? Oh, okay. Right. I'm going to pull it here. Uh, let me just do this so that I can see your answers at the same time. Uh... Right. I reckon you're all going to do really well this week, especially as the first question is a bit of a shoe in The first question is this. Are we ready? Tech billionaires Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk pledged to take their rivalry beyond the realms of social media by facing each other in what? Guys, I've helped you out here. A, a cage fight. B, a chess match. Or C, a gaming competition. There you go. Which of those are they going to take part in? Let me just... uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, can't. Oh, hang on. Oh, no, no, can't do that. All right, sorry, just uploading your. Lots of you saying A, BBC. Oh, God, my left knee. I've done quite a few runs this week. Yeah, you know, when you run a lot and you want to be a joint starts to ache. Um, wow, I don't think I know this one, says Fiona Grocker. Okay, well, if you're listening, you'll know that it was a cage fight. Absolutely. So let's move straight on. Everyone's going to get one on this one. Question two, in the week that the US and China pledged to stabilize their relationship, how did US President Joe Biden refer to his counterpart, Xi Jinping? So they meet, they try to make the world a safer place, and Biden comes straight out and describes President Xi as A, a dictator, B, an old friend, or C, totally irresponsible. Which of those did Joe Biden, in an act of great diplomacy, describe the head of possibly the most dangerous other country in the world that could destroy everyone? Was it A, a dictator, B, an old friend, or C, totally irresponsible? Uh, Lots of you write again. Absolutely, it's A. So if you didn't feel safe the day before Biden met him, we sure as hell don't feel safe now. Question three, Kylie Minogue's global hit, Padam Padam, became her 35th UK top 10 single. It made her only the fourth female solo artist to have top 10 hits in five consecutive decades. Lots of tens there to be dealing with, guys. Alongside Cher, 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 is it Cher or Cher? Uh, Michelle, how do I say it? Cher, as in chair, or Cher, as in her? Uh, So she's achieved this amazing, amazing achievement alongside the likes of Cher, Diana Ross, and which other artist? A, Dame Shirley Bassey, B, Lulu, or C, Madonna? Kylie Minogue's hit became her 30, uh, Padam Padam became her 35th UK top 10 single. She's the f- only the fourth female solo artist to have top 10 hits in five consecutive decades, alongside Cher, Diana Ross, and who? A, 
Shirley Bassey. B, Lulu, or C, Madonna. Uh, like you, Dale, I've gone for Madonna, but unfortunately, like uh, Reese Roberts, uh, it's Lulu. <laughs> Can you believe it? It's Lulu. Question four. So that I think that's the first turtle there. I think a number of you will have fallen into that. Question four. Scientists identified a habit they believe might delay aging of the brain by up to six years. But what was it? A, eating meat. B, napping. Or C, swimming. Scientists have identified a habit they believe might delay aging of the brain by up to six years. But what was it? A, eating meat. B, taking a nap. Or C, swimming. Oh, look, lots of you saying B. Andrea Crash, front of the class. Rio Chap. Edward Bevington, my favourite. Margaret O'Brien, B. Jamie Kilburn, B. Vicky Young going for swimming. Lots of you going to see. Oh, Dale Ibbotson going for C, swimming. It is, in fact, napping, which kind of makes you think, well, yeah, I suppose if you rest your brain a bit, maybe we've all got a finite amount of brain usage. So resting it every now and then is a good thing. Question five. Vogue editor Dame Anna Wintour and author Ian McEwan were named Companions of Honour in the King's Birthday Honours. This was at the beginning of the week. But who also joined them in this select group? So which of these three also got something in the King's Honours list? Was it A, immunologist uh, Professor Sir John Bell? Was it B, head of MI6 Sir Richard Moore? Or was it C, hostage negotiator Sir Terry Waite? Which of those three also join them as a companion of honour. I think that means they, they get our first people that the royals call when they need a babysitter. I think that's a, it's an incredibly honourable uh, position, companions of honour. They give you a bell and they go, would you mind heading over and just looking after the, letting the dogs in and letting the dogs out and popping some food down for them. Companion of honour. Um, what, what say you all, guys? What say you? Uh, look, I said Terry. I thought it was Terry. It's not. It's immunologist John Bell. I think you've all fallen there too. Question six. Archaeologists discovered the remains of an ancient Mayan city in the jungle of Mexico's Yucatan Peninsula. They named the site Ocomtun. But what does the word Ocomtun mean in the Mayan language? Ocomtun means A, old mountain, B, pyramid, or C, stone column. Which of those does the Mayan word Ocomtun mean? A, old mountain, B, pyramid, or C, stone column? Hey, 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 hey. Terry Waite used to be our local priest. Blackheath, wasn't he? When we used to live in uh, Westcombe Park. We used to see him trotting around Blackheath Village. Obviously after the uh, dramas. No idea. Have a guess. It's C, stone column. Who's on six? Because if anyone's on six, there's some tricky questions there, guys. Who's on six? We're on the final question. Well done, Faith. That's correct. You've got it right. Question seven. Anyone on six? Four out of six, Emma. Rio chap, four. Sarah Witherington, three. Keep them coming. Okay, after rereading, I re this is a quote. After rereading, I realized that more than ever, this book should be put back in circulation. So said an 86 year old who returned a volume to an uh, Oregon library 65 years after taking it out. So basically, an 86 year old who should have known better and taken his library book back many, many bloody years ago, 
65 years ago, to be exact, brought back a book that he realizes should be back in circulation. Is it A, The Drowned World by J.G. Ballard, B, 1984 by George Orwell, or C, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury? Uh, which of those is it? Oh, Maria, you're on six. First time ever, but joint effort with my mum. See if you can get this one right. After rereading it, I realised more than ever that this book should be back in circulation. So said an 86-year-old who returned his book back to an Oregon library 65 years late. But what novel were they talking about? Was it A, The Drowned World, B, 1984 by George Orwell, or C, Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury? Maria's cheating, says Siobhan Jordan, because she's working with her mum. <gasps> two brains. Do you remember that? Isn't that Blockbusters? Where the basic concept is, is that are two brains better than one? <laughs> that was always a bit of a cheap one. No, never really believed it. I loved Blockbusters. Do you remember that? You go across. I'll have a pee, please, Bob. <laughs> and they'd always snigger. Uh, the answer is B. The answer is B, 1984. Hi, Christos. How are you, dear, dear, dear man? Um, just on that note, let's uh, just to say hello to Christos. Fuck off Friday. Fuck off now. <laughs> um, did anyone get... I love blockbusters. Yes, yeah, same here, Reese. Um, uh, questions are quite hard this week. Did you get Did you get seven out of seven? Sorry, I've lost your name. Was it Marie working with your mum? Didn't get the last one, Maria. <laughs> Remember, tell your mum this. It's the winning that counts. So it doesn't matter. No one's going to remember that you got six out of seven today, Maria. It's a sad fact. But if you got seven, it would have been etched on that wall over there by me with this. And on that note, it's the end of Friday. So order of play. Um, there's going to be, a, I think, an earlier than normal Saturday papers tomorrow morning. Uh, there's a pre-recorded Curly Cooks. Um, uh, we will be notifying the members, read what's happening on Sunday on the community tab and um, other news will be landing there too uh, over the next week. So lots of logs are heading your way. Um, I hope you have a lovely, lovely Friday and I hope the day brings you everything you, you want it to bring. And just make sure you don't, don't go looking for fun. Let fun Friday 